Hello and welcome to episode 63 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community and a place where we delve into all sorts of improv topics. And today's guest is the absolutely delightful Jamie Yates. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher and wherever else you get your podcasts. We're even available on Amazon Podcasts, which means that you can ask Alexa to play the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. Now, just before we jump into things, I just want to explain a little something that happened in this interview. It does seem I'm just finding new technical glitch after new technical glitch in recent episodes but about halfway through this interview it sounds like uh, Jamie just gets cut off and I jump back in and I do explain it in the interview but basically what happens is um, it turns out on the 1st of May Zoom changed uh, their subscription levels and, and what's acceptable and with Zoom with a basic free account it's always been a thing that as long as it was just two people in the chat you could actually have the meeting last for an infinite amount of time it was fine um it was only a problem if you had um, three or more people in the room where you got cut off after 40 minutes but we were in this chat and then i got uh something flashed up on my screen from zoom saying this uh, chat is going to end in nine minutes because uh, you're reaching your limit of 40 minutes and i'm like oh this has never been a thing before and it was a great conversation and i, I didn't want to I didn't want to just sort of stop the conversation, so I let Jamie keep talking. I typed him a little message at one point um, to try and explain, I think you're going to get cut off soon, but don't worry, we'll jump back in. And uh, it all worked out fine, and we did pick up the conversation from where it is. But I guess, if anything, this is just a little uh, notice to you all. If any of you are using Zoom and you have a free account, it turns out from May the 1st, 2022, they've changed things, so the basic free account can only have up to 40 minutes uh, room time even if there's just two of you or even if you're just by yourself it seems you just have 40 minutes um, but uh, and now I'm not sponsored by Zoom in any way uh, and I'm not advertising for them but if you if you are in a position like me and, and you think oh actually yeah I do want to do want to make sure that it's not going to affect what I'm doing so for me it's important for the podcast uh, they are running a promotion of 50% discount for a period of time uh, for you to get involved with the pro account. So that's what I'll be doing. So hopefully, uh, coming up in future episodes, there won't be a little random cutoffs off of halfway through the interview um, because I'm now Zoom Pro. Uh, so yeah, that's that's that. Um, so just be aware if you are a, a Zoom user, there has been some changes afoot. Uh, with that said, uh, it's time to go off script and find out Jamie's true story about making stuff up. And please welcome this week's guest. It's Jamie. Welcome, Jamie. Hello. Hi, Ian. <laughs> so, yeah, welcome to the show. I'm delighted to get this opportunity to talk with you because you're someone I've never actually met. We've only yeah. recently connected on Facebook, uh, but I have seen you in pictures and things on LCI posts. So it's great to meet a new LCI face. <laughs> I am real, a real human. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, my big face is usually at the back because I'm about three feet taller than most other people. <laughs> me, and, um, me and Jeff, 
Keith ended up, Jeff Head, Keith ended up in sketches together like two lampposts. It was oh. kind of policemen and grenadier guards or something like that. So it was these two giant goalposts at the back. <laughs> so, so you're similar inside to Jeff Head. Yeah, we're. Almost, I would say we must be almost exactly the same height. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Two. Yeah, two giants of LCI. Yeah. The <laughs> <laughs> sketch the other day where we did like you know a sort of park bench sketch, um, and I sat down next to him and I I'd had a shave. I'm a bit. Uh, bit unshaven today but just got his beard now I, I just sat down and looked at him and he looked back at me and I, was, I just said why did you do it you've stolen my beard <laughs> <laughs> and that was I don't know it just came out <laughs> anyway yeah I'm trying to catch up now but I'll never have as good a beard as Jeff but <laughs> my best. Uh, right then so uh, we're going to jump straight into this just by finding out how did you get involved in LCI mm-hmm. Um, well, the wonderful world of social media, really. Um, I'm an artist and I've been looking around for somewhere to try and exhibit some of my work. And someone put me onto Liverpool Arts Bar. So I started following them on Instagram. And then things started popping up on their page. Um, and I think there was some kind of crossover thing to do that they, either they mentioned or in their story or something that said something about improv. And then it kind of I think I was getting recommended something on Facebook and one of the courses popped up. So following the links, um, got onto the LCI website and I was kind of looking around and I thought, well, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go, I found, figured out there was the drop in on the Monday and I thought I'll go along to that. This is February this year. Um, I'll go along to that. And if I, if I, if I like it, maybe I'll book onto the beginners course. So, it was it was literally that. So I went along two or three times to drop in. I think after the first one, I enjoyed it so much. I went home and booked the course straight away. Um, just a lovely, welcoming, kind of warm, safe bunch of people. I really like the the Monday nights upstairs in the fly and the loaf. That room, that little space. It, uh, I I enjoy it. I think the, the the acoustics are, are kind of good in there, and it is just cozy and yeah. I really I really really enjoy that. So I finished the beginners course. Now I've been enjoying popping into the odd Monday and uh, making a fool of myself. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy doing it. I can't, can't help it. It's a nervous thing. I just, uh, yeah, I, I, I like the, I like the feeling of it. I've done, I've done some spoken word kind of open mic uh, performance in the past. And I tend to like, I'll maybe have something I've written, but I go off on tangents and because I get bored. I don't know. I don't, I don't like the sound of myself reading something out, if that makes sense. I'd rather yeah. think it sounds more natural when I'm just saying it. So I'm trying to get away. I don't think I'm someone who could really learn a learn a piece off by heart. They're not really poems. It's more sort of autobiographical, just how I talk, like how I'm talking now, really. So to have the confidence to get up there without a piece of paper and just ramble, it's, I, I, I've, I've found there's strong comparisons between doing that, do my artwork and an improv. I'm I'm an improv more an improv than I realised. So I've enjoyed it very much. Yeah. So that first session you went to, was it an Emma session or was it a Jen session? Emma. Awesome. Yes. And then you did the the course and was the course with Jen? Um Emma no Emma led our, led our group. Ah okay, course. cool. I've literally actually just the last two weeks of the drop in um had the privilege of, I've sort of made I've just by kind of bumping into her and um, um, um Liz Jen, Jen's mum was at the first drop in I went to ah, and yeah, I cool. figured out who you know I, I think Jen was um at the 
I can't remember the, exactly the first. I think it must have been announced by that I met her. But um, I've just the last two weeks done drop-ins with Jen Leading, and it's interesting to see the different dynamic, you know, the, the, the way different people teach. And I also went along to the Jonathan Pitts um, yeah. from Chicago along to his session, which was brilliant again. And, you know, he brought, I enjoyed it. He, he said, I will, I will be side coaching. <laughs> so he's like standing off to the side kind of talking you through and you know uh, guiding you a little bit which I found that really helpful and interesting as well just another slant kind of thing so yeah it's been nice working with it with each different person and 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 the great thing with the drop-in there being there you know there's a few people you can rely on are almost certainly going to be there but there's a big rotation as well so there's always one or two there's a great new guy uh, last week who was just came in and everyone was like, wow, who's he? He's brilliant. You know, he just <laughs> fitted in perfectly. It was great. So I, I really enjoy that, that blend. Yeah, yeah well, I'm jealous you got to go to the Jonathan Pitts one because I really wanted to. Uh, I just couldn't um, mm-hmm. at the time. Uh, but I heard lots of great things about it. And people that I know that went to it that know me as an improviser were all saying it was totally up my street. So then I was yeah. extra gutted. Extra gutted. I yeah. Yeah. Well, I did the, the evening session. I think there was quite a difference between the content of the, the afternoon, um, the daytime bit and the evening one. The, the evening one was just, oh, it's fantastic. It was great. You know, he just had his own, I guess, with his experience, but also the cultural difference, I guess, of, you know, the, uh, bringing the, I'm just, I'm a big fan of a lot of um, American comedy in general. Um, and I, you know, know bits and bobs about, the second city you know and the, the people who fed into things like um SCTV and saturday night live and stuff like yeah. that great great comedians so you know to have someone who's involved in that world you know you were kind of like in awe but then he was just so great at making it everyone feel a part of it you know it was brilliant yeah. really. it felt like you were sort of being coached by you know like a like a top football coach or something you know <laughs> on the sideline <laughs> it was like, yeah it was special that so um yeah, it was really good. And one of the things I love about improv, and specifically about Liverpool comedy improv, is you can come into it completely new, completely green, and you're just instantly treated with a certain level of respect. And there is no sort of elitism. It doesn't. It's, there's no like, oh, well, I've been doing this for 17 years, so I'm, I'm better than you. Um, you need to step to the back of the line. It's just yeah. everyone's in it together from from day one, and I just love that yeah. atmosphere. Absolutely, yeah. I I remember the first time I went along, I really thought, I don't know, I I was amazed afterwards. People sort of said to me, oh, "Have you done this before?" And have you? And I was kind of, well, not really, but also like, I I don't know. I I realised I've got a daughter who's who's just turned eight. Um, she lives up in Scotland, so she tends to be with me for school holidays nowadays and things. She was actually with me for all of lockdown, and we kind of the two of us when we're together. Again, I've been talking to her about about it. She she's very interested, and we we in lockdown we got into watching a lot. She loves watching her YouTube videos and things, and most of them are classic annoying kids stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you get to know some of the things. But I started saying, "Well, do you want to watch a little video that I like?" And I was showing her some. I really like um, Andy Kaufman, oh yeah, and um, Reeves and Mortimer, and people like that. Um, who's kind of whole act I think was to and even I like a lot of the old English kind of British comedians people like Morecambe and Wise and stuff and 
sort of the Eric Morecambe thing of being the pompous, like, you know, thinking he's this handsome superstar kind of thing, and then he makes a fool of himself. And that that's the whole the kind of overconfident idiot kind of thing. And and so yeah. that comes really naturally to me. And I just remember thinking, I'm just gonna get up and I I really don't I'm gonna try and not I've got a great big store of references and I'm not really a joke telling person, but I lots of voices and ideas and thoughts and of my own, but also things from movies and comedy stuff I've watched and and stuff. So I've got a confidence enough to get out there and know that I can come out with something. I don't really know what it's going to be. But that first night, just that I just I was like, yeah, you know, just go for it as soon as you possibly can and see what happens. And I remember doing my first couple of little scenes or whatever they were. And you are feeling like, you know, there, inevitably there's a little feeling of, oh, am I doing this right? But as soon as you realise that's not the point at all, because yeah. there's, there's no wrong, um, you know, unless you're, <laughs> you know, crossing a particular boundaries or whatever, as long as you're just being, and the whole thing, I love the trust the process thing. Again, I keep, when I'm painting and stuff, I'm applying that, um, that kind of thinking, because the way I paint is uh, literally I start with a massive big blank canvas and, um, I don't have a plan. I don't do a drawing as such or any preparation. I just go for it and start working. And the hardest part is starting. But once you're up there doing it, once you've stepped out and doing the scene, I just love that feeling when you're there and you're in it and anything could happen. And <laughs> I try to get better at trusting the silence. And I'm not very good at that because I nervously will just talk. <laughs> but um it's it's great, yeah. It's been a great learning experience. Yeah. So, did you know a lot about improv before you went to that first session? Before you saw the advert and things, or did you just know a little bit about it or anything about it? Bits and bobs. I, you know, I always growing up, I I always watched Whose Lines It Anyway and absolutely loved it and was just totally blown away by Ryan Styles and Colin Mockery were the guys. Uh, you know, yeah. just watching them and thinking. They must have prepared some of this. They might, it's so, so brilliant. But you realise now they they just had the muscle memory, I guess, didn't they? And the, and, and and again that 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 store of stuff subconsciously that could come out and and just the the guts to just have a go kind of thing is such a big part of it. I, I so I, I always knew about that. Um, like I say, of it bit of a comedy nerd in some ways and I've found the podcast world has been brilliant for me over the last few years so um I've I'm a, been a massive fan of um well he just passed away actually Gil, Gilbert Gottfried the oh, American yeah. comedian who just just passed away um last month um his podcast was great because they'd have a lot of comedians of like the joke was all, all their guests were over 80 because they specialized mm-hmm. in, in being actors comics and stuff from the, to celebrate old Hollywood, really, but a lot of them came from an improv background or, you know, various, and they talked a lot about those things about the, I learned a little about sort of the yes and kind of uh, concept and stuff. And, and more recently, I've also been listening to Conan O'Brien's podcast, and he too, I mean, he, he's a, been a great writer over the years and stuff, as well as being a talk show host and stuff. But he, he has a lot of comics on, and they're, they're constantly just riffing and, and it, his whole thing, he, he, he just loves that. He loves just having that natural bounce off a, off a guest um, and they just go off on wild tangents that they, you know they couldn't possibly have planned because they're laughing and enjoying it so much. So it, it's definitely, I definitely have 
and understanding and appreciation, probably not knowing, you know, I didn't know all the individual games and I've, I've enjoyed learning to understand and appreciate, like I say, how it is so much about listening and engaging and looking, the little warm-up games you do where you, you're really trying to get into that zone of making eye contact because if you're not doing that in a scene, you can be blah, 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 off on your own doing something and it, it's about sharing and, and, and collaborating and I, I really love that because I think maybe I've not for whatever reason, not taking opportunities to do enough of that in my life. And I'm, I, I really, really enjoy that and want to kind of push that that more. You know, I, I, I want to be a good team player with it. I don't want to just be the big wacky guy who people can rely on to say something surreal and that be funny on its own. I, 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 I want to get better at being the, the guy who just puts in the, helps put in the foundations a little bit more and be part of a, a whole thing. Jonathan, Jonathan Pitts put it brilliantly about you don't walk onto the stage with a house you know you walk each walk on with a brick oh, yeah. together you make the house you know um and and I, I i love that and i do i think i'm a massive self-critic and uh afterwards i always will sit there and think oh if i'd have just said this or i've just done that i'm trying to lose that and 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 stuff and not not worry about that so much it's a natural thing for me to do but to just like yeah let let, let it be and let it happen and and stuff and um yeah just the process man yeah it is always interesting as well when you improvise with different people especially in drop-ins there's always going to be different people there and all these people have different styles and then you can you can take classes with different people so you've had emma and jen and jonathan and they'll all have given you little bits of advice and over time i found that you do sort of you find your comfort zone and the people that you're with regularly start to think oh yeah that's that's that person's comfort zone. And then the more you build relationships, the more people will play into your comfort zone. But then uh, if they're being playful, the more they'll perhaps take you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, but they will have built that level of trust with you before they start yeah. to take you out of that comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it's like anything, isn't it? It's, you know, uh, I mean, I'm, my knees are shot, so I don't really play football <laughs> very much anymore. But it's like when, you, when you're playing a football team and you start to realise, well, that guy's better at doing that and filling that way. And so we can, yeah, you know, once you realize strengths, then you can, and you can rely on them, then you can build in work on your weaknesses and things and within any kind of team situation. So I really like that, how it's really about the best bits are when you're all lifting each other up and really, you know, you, you it's a great feeling in any situation, isn't it? To have trust and, and faith in people. And then at the end, Everyone claps and you'll sit down and you'll pat each other on the back to go and sit down because you 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 love you love I love watching other people. Yeah, I did I've done um most of the drop-ins I've been to. Um big Michael Michael and that Michael Ananins. Ananins. <laughs> Sorry, Michael. Uh <laughs> he, he and I have done a couple of he's just so wonderful to work with because you just look yeah. at his face, he's so expressive and so brilliant at going into that childlike kind of state. And we were doing something the other day we were dancing around looking at shooting stars and to this beautiful music and it was just we were like these two gigantic little elves or so gigantic <laughs> little elves or something floating about it was amazing and you, it's just so it's it's great because you, you just respect other the other people so much because they make you laugh so much i love that feeling just a bit it's a it's a total mutual loving kind of thing you want you're rooting for each other and it, it's such 
a positive experience, you know? Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I really, really love about it, I think. And I've had moments where there's this thing and, and people are always like, don't force the funny, don't try to be funny, blah, blah, blah. But my problem is my brain is attuned to puns, like puns and one-liners. Yeah. So I'm always yeah. just spouting out puns, one-liners. Yeah. And I'm, I don't do it to try and steal scenes, or whatever. It's just that's what my brain does. And there was a time where I was sort of, I was a bit nervous. Oh, no, am I like crashing scenes because I'm just saying yeah. these things? Yeah. But but then I realized, oh, no, I'm not forcing it because it's, it comes to me naturally. So it's not feeling forced. It's not like I think of a joke and I'm like, right, where am I going to get this in? Because it just yeah. flows off naturally. And then I realized, oh, yeah, I'm allowed to, to be like that. And people accept, yeah. oh, yeah, that's what Ian's like. So that's what Ian brings to scenes. And uh, I feel it gets celebrated by people, which I love because in the normal world, I spout out all these puns and stuff and I just get eye rolls and shaking their yeah. heads and things. So I'm like, well, how great to yeah. be in a place where it's actually appreciated. Totally. Yeah. 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 It's people, there's, there's, there's people in your life. I've always been frustrated with those people where, you know, you say maybe, you, like I say, I'm not a bit, I'm, I can never really remember jokes as such, but you know, you say something funny and then there are certain people, their response rather than to laugh, to then tell a joke as though it's like right now i'm gonna like knock you back like because i've done and it's not uh they don't get, even give you they don't give not even like you really want anything much back but it's 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 almost like a no a yeah but or, yeah. or a no but kind of thing of like my joke now and then you think do i do another one back? do they want me to do another one back or do they not like my what i said or and things and so it can be it can be a dangerous game trying to you know, being funny, it takes bravery to, to, to do it and 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 stuff. And yeah, just the, the nurturing environment of improv, exactly like you say, it's, it's wonderful. And people will enjoy, people will no doubt look forward to being the person who can help set you up, you know, or even and yeah. it's probably by accident because what, like you say, what you do, it's a, that's one of your little superpowers and your instinctive kind of uh, little skills that you bring and other people will be delighted about that you know to be able to be the person who provides the assist you know (laughs) (laughs) and and you'll do it in other ways for other people that's it's a great thing isn't it yeah because it is it's positive it's all positive um yeah Yeah. i remember one of the one of the first things one of the first sessions of the the beginners course i did i accidentally uh like shut someone down and you know did, uh, yeah. gave, gave him a no i didn't mean to like uh, it just it's uh, the voice i did it was you know you, you you react and then in my head straight away I went oh no i didn't mean to i was thinking more about being this stiff sergeant major than thinking about the fact that what i was doing was saying no you're not doing that when i i you know should have been yes andy again and i've just enjoyed trying to get you know relax and get get over allow allow that to not be a problem and you know to go into stuff in that positive yeah i'm we're in this together kind of thing so whatever you do i'm going to be happy with that and and you'll be happy with what i'm doing and then yeah it's amazing how how that but when you do those warm-up games where you 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 yes about people you know um you know you do and it's just it's so simple 
but it's incredible how it works, isn't it? How how suddenly doing yes ends, and you're like, wow, you're both ideas and flowing, um, and it's just little words at the start of it. But, uh, it's a fascinating sort of thing about language and about you know the way we the way we communicate and how the impact we can have on other people that can be either positive and encouraging or just a full stop yeah <laughs> too late <laughs> um, all the time. going in with ideas as well it, or sort of without ideas it's hard to explain to people that process of clearing your mind stepping forwards and letting something come to you and I think I certainly when I got into it it took me a little while to get my head around that and I thought I always needed an idea when I step into a scene mm. and it was hard to just trust that I could just step in and something good would happen um, but then when I did get my head around that, there was still the process of, I went in with nothing, and now this is what we've created, and my brain is saying, oh, this is where the scene is going. And then, all of a sudden, because of a, a move someone else makes, the scene's going somewhere else. And then the next thing I had to learn was, oh, it's fine to let my ideas of where it was going go. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah, and and and, and be present there and be going along the road that it really is going yeah you know and sometimes you do get the moment to be the one who says the thing that you wanted to say and then it's great if other people come on board with that you know and just trusting that it's going to happen enough in both ways and that that in both ways that's great it's great to be part of isn't it and you, you know like yeah i i do i i do really have to try and um yeah stop myself planning in my head because I, I, I will do I will do it and I will I, you know sometimes sometimes a little thing will come in and I just think oh no that that's too good I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna go out and say that and see what happens because that's potentially a good thing but not to let that be the be all and end all and even once you said your thing however brilliant you think it is you never know how other people are going to hear it or mishear it or <laughs> interpret it so even if you've had this the, the that little genesis of an idea you have no idea what part b of that and, and c and d are going to be by the three minutes later or whatever there's gonna there's no way you can do it without handing out a script to everyone and saying this is how it has to has to be is there so it's uh i i love the kind of i do i kind of want some up there i love the nerve-wrackingness of it a little bit and uh it's because scary isn't the right word, but it it's just sort of like it's just exciting, isn't it? I think so much of talk to my daughter about this, but I think loads of anticipation and pa patience and stuff as these are dying uh, dying arts, dying skills. You know, everything is on demand now, and you you know you don't have to wait a year for a movie that was on the cinema to come out on video you, you know you can stream it before it's in the cinema sometimes yeah. or whatever you can do. no one has to wait for anything but with doing doing good improv i think relies a little on patience and yeah the whole trust in the process thing of just allowing and anticipating not and well just anticipating something happening and not worrying too much about what that something's going to be because then it happens and it's beautiful and you know that feeling when you're in a scene where you've all chip something in 
and you look at each other at the end of it when someone shouts scene and you're like, yeah, that was really good. You look down and people are crying. We had a great session um, last week where I just, I don't remember laughing so much. I, I think I would have happily just sat there and not, not joined in with anything because I was having such a great time watching everyone else, you know. And luckily I did get to be up there and, 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 and part of it too, but it's, it really is a special thing. Really is awesome. Now I'm looking at a picture behind you, which is a picture that you have done yourself. Something you showed yeah. me just before we went into this. So I want to talk about your art a little bit because uh -huh. Uh -huh. art is something that fascinates me because it's something I genuinely am not very good at. Like I can sing, I can dance, I can create music, um, I can act and do improv and things. But if you put a pencil or a paintbrush in my hand like nothing good happens. <laughs> so I just want to talk about your artistic journey. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I, I um, so I'm 42. So 20 years ago this summer, I graduated from a, uh, a BA in fine art painting at Bath Spa University College. And, uh, and then, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and, I, and I really didn't do very much artwork for a few years afterwards because I was just so fed up and uh, yeah, weird, weird time. It was, I went to art school because I thought growing up, I've got to stay in at school and do my A-levels. I've got to go to university, it's expected of me. I don't, to this day, I don't know if any of that was anything I actually wanted to do. And it wasn't a thing I was forced to do, but I just, sort of did what I thought I was meant to do and and in a lot of ways a lot of that I don't think really particularly set me up brilliantly for trying to be a grown-up <laughs> and I, I've always felt since you know there's some some stuff that happened um, when I was a kid some difficulties when my parents separated and stuff I've always felt a little bit like this little 10 year old me is trapped inside this six foot five lump of, of human and and little ten year old me is kind of frightened of the world and 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 is what's holding me back and all this stuff. But I've realised only in the last few years really that that little person is why I get on so great with my my little girl and why I see things in a way artistically. You know, painting to me isn't a scary thing because I'm I, I have a real belief that with the visual arts, particularly, it's one of the first things. You are, we are told as human beings, one of the first things we're told, whether we're good at or rubbish at, one of the first things we learn that we can't do, if we can't do it, if people have told us we can't do it, or we look at our mate's work and go, I can't, I can only draw stick men. Well, what's wrong with stick men? Yeah. What's wrong with a stick man? Well, this is nothing something, is, something I always wrong. tell my children in the classroom because I'm a prime school teacher and often right. if I have to draw things, I'll just draw stick men and the children yeah. will mock me for it. Yeah, but what is wrong with a stick man? Well, my paintings, the painting you can see in the background, what is that painting of you? Um, well, I just see lots of wonderful colours. Yeah, it's some red and blue and yellow blobs with some black blobs. Yeah. yeah, and lines going around, kind of. I've drawn lines around everything. Yeah, and different people over there. So I did that at university. It's one of two paintings that survived from when I was at university because I threw everything out because I hated it all and I was miserable and 
Um, my mum has got the other one, and my mum would not have she's she wouldn't have a painting as the centerpiece of her living big open plan living room if she didn't love it as a piece of work, not because it's her little lovely little boy's painting. You know, she loves me very much, but she wouldn't indulge me in that way. And that's not to criticize my mum. She just likes things. She's got a great, beautiful house, and I, I, I like to think I've inherited some of her skills in putting a home together and stuff. But yeah, painting, creative art, arts, and they're all the same. It's the same thing. It's the same. Your your feeling that you can't do it, can't can't do do you know, do art. Um, it's the same as when you are in the pub and chat to someone, and they say to you, "So." You know, what you're doing and you say oh i'm going to an improv class tonight and they're like what's that and you say well we just get up on stage we don't know what we're going to say and i'm like oh i couldn't do that i, I could not do that because i'd be too well, of course i could do it they're scared to do it and they 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 can't get their head around the idea of doing it it's out, so far out of their comfort zone for whatever reason it's in your comfort zone and i found it's in mine most things in life for me are not in my comfort zone and i i was just talking to someone this morning i'm going through a bit of i think at the moment i wouldn't call it a midlife crisis necessarily it's almost like a miniature one though where i'm just feeling in a bit of a transitional period of what am i doing how am i going to carry on what, um a lot of doubt and i've always had lots of doubts i'm scared of most things scared of doing most things for some reason i'm not scared of drawing a picture or of what it's of, or and I don't care what other people think it of it. I can just I I just will do it. I sort of need to do it, and it will happen. And when I do a painting like that, I just make it up. I've probably walked around with that blank canvas on the wall in my studio at, at university for about a week, terrified and didn't do anything. Because when it's a blank canvas, that's an empty stage with you and one other person standing on it in that moment before one of you goes, I say that you've put all these tortoises, uh, one on top of each other uh, in between us, uh, what are we gonna do about it? And then wait to see what the other person says, you know? <laughs> you know, It's that thing, it's just having the nerve to try and do it. So show me your hands, Ian. Let me see your hands. Do you have hands? You've have got hands. two hands. Can you hold a, a crayon in your hands? Do you have holding skills with them? Yeah. Are you aware of paper, say? I'm aware of paper. You're aware of that. So you could get a bit and could you scribble on it? Like scribbly scribble. You don't have to do it now, but like just a scribble. Then you could get some different colour crayons and you could colour all the little little circles that you've made in in different colours, yeah? Yeah. That's basically what my painting is. Okay. You could do that. Now, I'm not saying this is an amazing painting. Everybody look at my paintings, but you could do that. You could do that. So you could do art. You can. You just maybe it's not important to you or you feel self-conscious about it. Okay, so I just very quickly need to explain a little something. Uh, it may sound like in the podcast now, I've just cut off Jamie unfairly, but um, he actually did get cut off and something happened to me that hasn't happened before. It seems the last couple of podcasts I've done, I've been finding new technical glitches all the time. So Jamie was in mid-flow there telling me something really interesting and it popped up on my Zoom to tell me, this interview is about to end because you've gone over 
your set limit. You need to upgrade to pro. And I've always been on the free account for this show. And it always, when it's just two people, it always lets you go for as long as you want. Only when a third person gets involved, does the 40 minute limit apply? I don't know what's happened in this, but the 40 minute limit applied. But we've, um, we're back. We're back for part two of this chat. And I want to jump straight back into where we were. We were talking about art. And the thing that I was going to say, um, based on everything that Jamie had said, I should say hello to Jamie again. Hello. He's still here. All right. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one thing I wanted to say is, so for me, for art, what what I can't do very well in art, so I'd like to get your take on this, is I can't look at something and recreate it on paper with pencil, with crayon, with paint, whatever. I see other people, they'll look at something and then they'll draw it and it looks exactly like that thing. And I'm like, wow, that's incredible. Even Pictionary and things like that. I I, mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. Um, my girlfriend, Seki, she's an incredible artist and, and she always plays herself down. And then I look at what she's drawn. I'm like, that's amazing. Like that looks exactly like the thing. Mm-hmm. So what's your take on that? So your question is, what the hell? Um, yeah, the thing is, I don't, I'm not, I'm, I'm all right at drawing in realistic. Is it, again, it's perception. Like, if you, if you think that art, proper, being good at art is drawing things realistically, then that kind of makes sense that in your mind, you're not a very good artist because, or you can't do it. You know, because you don't think you could. Now, people who can draw things realistically, a bowl of fruit or a cat or anything, have practiced a lot in their life. Just like an an improv person who, like Ryan Styles on, on uh, whose line is it anyway, looks effortless and looks like he's got working off a script he's memorized. is because he has done improv for so long. He's so good at it that he has so little fear and calmness or I dare say, you know, your favorite footballer in the middle of a football pitch looks around and has 20 yards of space around him in the middle of a crazy frenetic football match and picks out a pass 60 yards away and puts it on the shoelaces of his mate who's running at 30 miles an hour down the wing. Whereas, you know, you or I would probably fall over or, or faint because if we realized we were there you know like because they've practiced and worked and worked hard at it you know it's it is as simple as that some people musicians painters comedians some people have the x factor and have a magic extra little bit of talent and they're amazing everyone else it's the same you know i i have to draw a lot do a lot of drawing to get back into practice though because I don't really my my paintings are I don't paint real things I have done I kind of can do but I have to work very hard at it um and I I just don't get the same I don't enjoy it I don't find it as sort of for me as real an expression as I do when I'm painting what you know I would sort of hope vaguely might be interpreted as abstract expressionist paintings they to me, people have always looked at my pictures and said they've got a kind of a movement or a something happening them or in happening in them or a depth that they can see, and that's good enough for me. And I, you know, I don't, I don't, 
I, I would never argue with anyone who looked at it and said, you know, what I see in that, it's a load of birds flying in the sky or, or I see that's, that's heaven or hell or the sea, you know, swelling or whatever. Their interpretation of it is, is fine by me. Whereas if I was doing photorealist paintings of, um, I don't know, of my, my daughter's My Little Pony figures, I'd want people to look at them and go, wow, that looks like a really 3D, amazing, incredible, perfectly dimensional painting of a My Little Pony figure. You're really amazing at doing that. I don't have that skill because I, I don't, I'm not interested in having it. And, but I would have to, I think probably if I worked for years and years, just at being able to do stuff like that, probably I could learn how to do it. Like yeah. you can learn, most, most people can learn most things. So it's, it's, it's a mixture of, yeah, some people are naturally more gifted. Some people, like I would say, like I was saying before, for some reason, I don't have any fear of trying with visually doing stuff. Whereas I have fear of loads of very normal everyday things that, you know, most people, you know, I have fear of making a phone call to try and organize something with you know, the bank or whatever, because I, I just think, oh, I'll say it wrong. I won't know what to do. Which is ridiculous because I can probably do all those things, but I have total massive anxiety about tons of everyday stuff. For some reason, I don't really have anxiety about creating stuff. Yeah. That makes sense. So it's a thing that I believe, like I was saying right at the start, I believe, I believe, well, I really believe creativity is more, is closer to an emotion than a skill. I think it's innate in all of us. So it comes out, but it comes out in different ways in all of us. And you know, not not all of us are going to be bothered about or interested in or have time to be drawing pictures, but we might spend a lot of our time writing scripts or poems yeah. or performing stuff on stage. And that's the thing we've focused on. And that's, you know, that that could be enough, couldn't it? So, you know, if you want if you want to get good at drawing, go and try and get good at drawing what's the worst thing that could happen you yeah know? that's true if you want to if you want to if you want to try improv well you've got to be prepared for the fact that you're going to stand up and you might not know what to say one of the first ones little scenes i ever did it was me and another new guy and i stepped forward he didn't say anything i panicked i i just turned looked around and i just went i've frozen and then thought because I genuinely had like and it was almost like I was going to can we start again but instead of saying that I thought no I'm actually frozen to the floor and that became the scene like, I can't move and Peter had to like help me kind of get out of that so I managed to literally think on my frozen feet again. <laughs> luckily if I hadn't have thought of that and turned it into that what's the worst thing that could have happened yeah you wouldn't have died <laughs> so it's one of those it, yeah that, that's what i believe about it and i believe that creative arts drawing particularly the visual arts they're one of the first things at school that are killed in children and are taken out because it's like no you're not good at that or you do, you learn for whatever reason whether someone tells you or you judge yourself based on what other people are doing it's an easy thing to go oh, i can't do that so you drop it and then there's always the kids who are always the ones do other kids get to do the drawings for their homework for them or do the bubble yeah. right on the front of their folder or, you know or whatever um and, and i was one of those kids for whatever reason but no one would have ever asked me for help with their science homework because i didn't have a clue 
But it's yeah, there's no secret to it. I st- I'm trying to learn guitar. I'm not very good, but I never don't think I even touched a guitar. So I was about 20 years of age, and I love. I'm a massive people mania. Bruce Springsteen's my hero. I love you know all the music I love comes from rock and roll guitar. But I thought to be a musician, I've got musicians in my family, and so. But I I thought yeah, it was a magic power that was almost bestowed upon you at some point, you know literally like i thought well, i definitely can't do that oh look at my big stupid hands there's no way but like now badly i can struggle on to a couple of songs because finally in my 40s i've gone i've stopped worrying about it so much and i'm just trying it a bit it's fun yeah but i think i think music can be a bit of an illusion because you know there was a time in my life I referred to myself as a musician i was a music teacher for nine years and i do well, play the guitar <laughs> i'm self-taught but I think if you were a proper guitarist, you probably wouldn't think I'm a great guitarist. But mm-hmm. I take what I can do mm-hmm. and I just do that bit very well. So it seems mm-hmm. convincing to others. Um, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a rhythm guitarist. I don't really do lead mm-hmm. or anything like that. And I can strum and make it sound impressive. But um, I would say I'm quite out of practice because even as a guitarist, back in the days, I was gigging all the time. I was practicing with my band all the time. And I... I think I've I've lost that a bit because I don't really play that much anymore. I, I play in school, in, in masses mm-hmm. and assemblies and, and mm-hmm. the odd lesson here or there. So I'm not putting the practice in. And I yeah. guess like you're saying with art, it is about practice. It's the same thing. Muscle memory. Yeah. It's the same thing. But I think with art for me, so when I was growing up, I was severely visually impaired. I had a form of cataracts. I was going blind. Fortunately, I've had successful surgeries. I had my last yeah. one when I was 29, um, nearly 10 years ago now. And I can I can see well now. And I love colors. I love bright colors. So I'm looking at the picture that you've drawn behind you, and it's full of the blues and the reds and yellows, like we explained. I, I like it visually because the colors pop to me. Mm-hmm. but I couldn't look at that and, and find a deeper meaning. I just enjoy the mm-hmm. color. Yeah. And I, I think I just, I think I value being able to see an image look like a representative of what it is mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I couldn't see that when I was younger. Yeah. So I think that's right, yeah. maybe why I value that side of art. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that, well, that makes, makes sense, doesn't it? And it and, like, to be able to do it well is it is a learned yeah. skill, you know. I, and there are there are tricks to it, and there are tricks to just like with playing guitar, you can be a decent kind of you know backup guy doing the basic stuff because you know you'll you'll be able to you'll be able to explain this better. But you know there are you can either use those chords or you can do this. You really, it's this, there are there are you know my art teacher used to say if you go to um, uh, Leicester Square in London, and there's all the people sitting around to draw your, your portrait in 15 minutes, and you give them a tenner or whatever, and you've got, and they, you're looking, and you think, wow, that's amazing. And he used to say, why aren't those, why are those guys sitting in Leicester Square, doing this, sitting in the rain, you know, on a day, no one, no one goes and buys a picture of them that day, and it's just been a complete waste of time. Why aren't their pictures in art galleries? Why? Aren't, well. Because they, you know, they've learned, they've learned a little trick and and skills and practiced and got to a stage where they can do this thing. But then to be able to, but it's art. All 
in all forms is an illusion, isn't it? You know, people, there are people who will look at a Picasso painting and say, no, that's just a load of rubbish, right? You know, and yet there are other, yet that painting will have sold for 50 million quid and, you know, and he is a genius. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, not a fan of Picasso. I'm not particularly interested in his work. I like other people, whatever. I think it's totally subjective. Um, and, you know, the, um, again, like improv just totally relates to it because there's no, there's no right or wrong. And you can, you know, you can, in terms of wanting to be able to do any, anything like that, pursue anything yourself, it's, it will be just like being a musician or, or, or a teacher or anything. It's about dedication and application yeah. and hard work. And then, if you're lucky and have that little extra spark, you might do something that you or other people will look at and think that's really special. And I want to buy that or I want to pay you to do that or whatever, which is, you know, if that's the, the affirmation you kind of need, well, that's great. But for me, I, you know, I, I, I did an, this exhibition at Liverpool Arts Bar recently and it was great. Um, but I'm terrified. I'm terrified when someone comes up to me and wants to talk about buying a painting. I find that completely crushing. And, because I'm like, oh, I can't, don't want, to, don't want to take money off you. You'll take it home and put it on the wall and start to hate it. And realize it's just made out of cheap materials and it's poorly done, actually. And I was in an art gallery looking at real painting and yours is rubbish. I want my money back. And also, I want you to give me extra money for the trouble you put. That's where my mind goes, which is wow. ridiculous, isn't it? Because someone has come up and looked at a thing and gone, I really like that. How much do you want for it? And I should tell them how much I want for it. It's too complicated. The whole thing is too complicated. Yeah. It's a weird thing because you mentioned there are paintings that sell for like 50 million. And yeah. to me, to me, that makes art in some ways quite elitist because mm. it's really just what people are willing to pay for things. It's yeah. like when you watch an yeah. auction or something and there's something and you might look at it and say, you know, I might, I yeah. might give it a tenner. It looks worth yeah, a tenner yeah. to me. And then someone else is like, oh, I give it 17 million pounds. And you're like, yeah. what? And they're yeah. just doing it because they can. Yeah, and it gets, well, it gets, it, I mean, Damien Hurst is an amazing example because there are people who hate Damien Hurst and think, oh, it's just, just a rip-off merchant. The whole thing is just a joke. It's not art. Yeah, but, <laughs> yes, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, he has had the nerve to put it out there. The contacts or has made the contacts and got the right people at the right time to write about it to create the illusion of it's very emperor's new clothes the whole thing is really because it you, you're creating a mystique around something that yeah. makes certain people go ooh, and then they find that their friend has got one of theirs so they go well i must have one as well and then it builds a bit of it you know on that kind of level on that scale of famous artists i mean all of those great artists going way back never made any money in their lifetime yeah, just the mythology and the story around what they did has grown and grown, but still, at the end of the day, what who's to judge that they're a better artist than a guy sitting in Leicester Square drawing portraits with, with a charcoal? Like someone yeah. could have a a port their portrait that they bought in Leicester Square on their wall and love it forever and pass it down through generations, and it'd be a beautiful thing. And who's to say that their love for that is any less than? someone who can afford a 50 million pound picasso to get the going there downstairs loo or whatever you know like yeah, yeah. It, 
it's a ridiculous subjective thing you know it, it really is it, it's kind of uh yeah you can think think about it on so many different levels but um yeah i, I just think the most important thing is if you're some but if you're someone who needs to needs to paint or needs to play instruments needs to write music needs to write books then you should write books and play music and do paintings because that's 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 your innate thing that you really need to do and of course we need to pay the bills and do our bread and butter jobs and things um to get by but i think if you've got that our creative spark within you i like just to go going back to improv again a reason why i look was looking for something like this is because i always describe myself as a as an in, introverted extrovert i think yeah. or i think it works the same both ways around i'm definitely both of those because i purely from a physical perspective I, i'm a big person so i i physically stand out i can't really hide but there definitely is a performer in me and someone who i want i want to make people laugh and i want to I, I want to be up there doing something and I'm yeah. trying to get the confidence to it because I can do, I've got this very, I think, very sort of flat, nothingy accent. Um, I was born in Liverpool, but we moved to Hertfordshire when I was 18 months old. And I've tried, been trying to get home ever since and through a series of, you know, I was married for several years, lived up in Scotland for 11 years. That's where my daughter still is with her mum. Um, and I thought that was me. I was settled up there. But when that, came to an end very suddenly. I went through a very difficult time mentally, had a real breakdown, ended up in hospital and stuff, and sat there on the edge of my hospital bed and just thought, literally just the image of this city of Liverpool came into my head and I, I just knew right then I pretty much said out loud to myself, it's time, time to go home after you know, 35 years away. And I came, came back, got a little house, rented a little house right by Goodison Park. Um, Literally right with a stone's throw from the house we lived in when I was a baby. I now live just around the corner. We managed to get a flat um, uh, between us, my mum and her partner and stuff. Um, so I've got a sort of solid base to rebuild my life from scratch. It felt, you know, I came back here with nothing. And um, and it's the best thing I've ever done. And, I, and I've started to really do the things that probably little, you know, 10 year old me would have wanted you know i remember going to this the uh the careers officer at school probably when i was 12 or 13 and they were like yeah so what what are you thinking of doing and i was like well you know i'd i want to be kind of basically i want to be sort of in bruce springsteen's band while playing for everton and being a stand-up comedian and and probably you know yeah and an artist you know and they're like just laughed me out the room basically you know and I, like well i've never really had an ambition to do a conventional thing i just that was never me and i've, I've always had to piece things together but so now now i'm doing all of these things and i'm sort of managing to scrape scrape by in life but i'm very fulfilled by doing these creative things and so something like the improv class even just going on to the drop and even if even if it never results in me really doing everything performing wise on stage and I you know to a to a, a paying audience and everything and I really kind of hope it will because I'd love to I'd love to achieve that um you know that that in itself just going along with these lovely people and having a laugh each week and 
messing about and doing these things and learning about myself, learning more about myself and what I'm capable of. And, and I'm, I have these long FaceTimes with my daughter and I, she's like, so did you do your improv class? I'm like, yeah, so what did you, she makes me do all this little scenes for her. What did you do tonight? And and she like, um, we, I've taught her some of the little games and things. She's like, I'm going to teach my friends at school. And goes to a, she goes to a little school on an island, 20 kids. Um, so I'm no doubt that I mean, she's already been teaching them scouts. Um, she sort of goes, all their little friends, they're all like Manchester United and Arsenal and Liverpool fans and stuff, but they've never, never, I think the little lad who supports Arsenal has been to Arsenal a couple of times because his dad's a, from from around there and things but Ina's been to the match with me a load of times so she's kind of like at least I'll go and watch her but you know even if they're rubbish and stuff, she's <laughs> totally like takes on all this stuff and I just I love it and I hope it's a good inspiration to her you know to that I think for years and years of my life I refused myself the privilege of having any ambitions really I, I thought because I'd grown up like I say without having a plan without thinking, right, I want to do this with my life. I just didn't think it was worth anything. Um, and so, you know, to, to say to myself, well, you should be going and performing and you should be writing things and you should be selling paintings. And I would just laugh at myself and say, well, no, because you've got no talent and no ability to do anything. You're a complete loser. Um, and it's only now, maybe just getting older and not having the energy to hate myself so much <laughs> I, I kind of started to give myself a break and and, and it's just a, such a great feeling to be in there in a room with these amazing people doing doing fun things you know it's, yeah. it's, it's been brilliant so yeah, I've loved every single moment of it honestly it's been great yeah so I always say improv finds you when you need it and it sounds like that's mm. very much the case for you totally 100% yep yep it, it's mad I, I really do yeah I believe that there are the <laughs> I always think I've got the little cartoon angel on one shoulder and devil on the other and the devil I'm going no just stay at home no one wants to do it and the little angel's kind of going oh no no it'll be all right you know actually just even and mate they they get the information and check Facebook there's a thing about improv on it yeah. um it just yeah it very much did pop along at a moment where I needed something like that as an outlet and again for for all of us coming out of you know lockdowns and COVID and everything, um, I've made made some really good friends. One guy in particular, Tony, it's like a running joke that we're we're a couple basically. <laughs> Tony and I get married, um, but like we we were both went along to drop in the first time together. Not quite we met there, and um, and he'd had a really sort of tough, lonely time through lockdown, and it, it's it's just been great to get back into popping along to something and you know you maybe stay behind and have a drink after and it's a lovely little community within one of the many lovely communities in in liverpool in this this great city of ours <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, the, the people in improv are just fantastic yeah, and yeah. sort of lci for me I, I got into it just before the pandemic and then throughout the pandemic it, it was my savior really and it made me it made me love the pandemic because of everything that LCI brought my way in that time and improv yeah. and the people. And even now, I've still got my group, the Oikers. You'll know lots of them from LCI. Yes. And yeah. we are we're like a little family. Yeah, yeah. It's very supportive, isn't it? Very, very supportive. I think we are like, we're all 
it, something like this definitely draws people of a certain, without wanting to offend anyone, a certain unique weirdness or whatever. Yeah. We've all, we're all looking for something. We've all got to to be a group of people who want to get up there and chance the 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 chance it that something hilarious is going to happen probably involving i don't know turnips or or, or <laughs> i don't know, uh, or, or, <laughs> I, don't know. I just the places your mind goes when people say something and you just come your your reply and then they're kind of like what they've got a little look in there but they're right what the hell's he talking about but this is brilliant and then they come out with something else amazing and you i just love it i love the the I love a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a great tangent merchant. And I love yeah, I love the, the randomness and craziness of it. And and that you can sort of dissect it afterwards and just pick out all your favorite bits. It just it's hilarious. And just little touches. I mean, one of your weaker friends who mentioned earlier, uh, Liz, uh, Jen's mum. I just love her. She she has a real like she she was in a, a, a scene with Michael the other week. And she just sort of turned to him like he'd done his big bit and she just turned and said something like, well, I don't know, Margaret. And just the fact that she called him Margaret, little tiny Liz, yeah. <laughs> big Michael, and she just called him Margaret. It was fabulous. And then he, he suddenly had a handbag and he just, <laughs> had a bottle of gin in his tights or something. And all that. Just the way, <laughs> I just love it. I absolutely love it. I'm literally crying laughing. And that really spurs you on. You, you just can't wait for your next turn then. And, um, it really is. It's it's lovely. I, I I my whole pursuit in life is to spend fun times with nice people doing lovely things. Uh, yeah. You know that's why that's why no one really goes for me on online dating because I say boring things like that. Just want to have a nice time, please. You know, and uh, <laughs> oh, just a boring person. No, but it's so fun. It's just so fun. But the great the great thing is it does it connects you to people that you would never connect with if yeah. Yeah. completely different walks of life, completely different circles of friends and things. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, so improv has brought me so much joy because of the people. Yeah. And I don't know how much you know about me. I, I actually met my partner through improv. Right. No, I didn't know that though. Yeah. No. So my, my girlfriend, Seki, um, we yeah. met at LCI during lockdown on, on Zoom. Wow. And we've been together nearly two years now. We live yeah. in a house together. We're oikers together. And we, we, wow. we run our own improv thing together now in our area in Flincher, yeah. North Wales. And right. yeah, improv is just Fabulous. a massive part of our lives. And improvised a relationship. <laughs> yeah. It, you know, it, it brought us together and it connects yeah. people that, like, there's, there's no other reason that Seki and I would ever have met. Yeah, and yeah. then we just turn on our cameras in an improv session, and instantly yeah. we're like, "Wow, connected!" Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's magic. No, I, I feel like um, you know, I've only been doing it since I think it was February was the first one I went along to, and yeah, it's just an incredible group of. It's just like this ready-made, organic, constantly growing community group of friends everyone feels like I, i've not had a single moment of i don't know i'm not sure but like genuine bunch of people because you, you're all putting yourself out there on the line i think and you're all vulnerable when you're up there 
but it's kind of a shared vulnerability which kind of negates any real scariness from it or, or negative thing because you just support each other even just clap i was i was clapped when people start getting up i was just applaud people on i can't it's just because i'm like you know i can't wait to see them and see them do their things and stuff and it like uh it really is it's magic I've, I've, i don't think certainly in adulthood i don't think i've been involved in anything as you're almost guaranteed that feeling of positivity and inclusiveness and warmth every time you go along like it, it's it's magic it really really is yeah i'm glad to have uh, stumbled upon it <laughs> <laughs> well that seems like a great place to finish yeah uh so thank you very much it's been wonderful to chat with you and meet you today oh you too thank you thanks for having me and i've been enjoying i'm working my way through the back the back catalogue uh at the moment as well i've had a couple of weeks off so i've been listening to some of my friends and some people that I hope will become friends with in the future and stuff. So oh, awesome. I'm proud to be uh, be added added to the list. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Well, take care. Uh, and hopefully, I'll, I'll get to see you at, at improv sometime soon. Yeah, that'd be great, Ian. Cheers. <laughs> well, thank you so much to Jamie that was a really great chat and again just one of those moments where I get to talk to somebody that I genuinely know very little about Um, Jamie and I only recently connected on Facebook and I've been able to see a little bit about him from there Um, but yeah I I really knew nothing other than he was a relatively new improviser at LCI and that he was interested in coming on the show Uh, I know that he'd been listening to lots of the previous episodes based on some conversations that we had I know he was an Everton fan and I know he was an artist and that's pretty much all I knew going into it. Uh, But what a great chat that was and how open and honest he is. He was very good at sharing things. What a great insight into his life, his journey into improv and LCI. And what I love, we spoke about it a little bit in the interview there. I just love how improv does bring certain people together and it does find you when you need it. And it sounds like he needed improv in his life and it came right when he needed it right when he's looking for that little bit of direction and then there it is and improv is a weird thing and I know so many people that just don't get it, they don't understand it Um, I think for whatever reason it doesn't resonate with them but with the people it does resonate with what a wonderful thing to find and the people that you find along the way come from all different walks of life and the way it brings people together I love and the fun that you can have with it it, it's just a great thing and I love this podcast that I'm doing so LCI is this great place in Liverpool and it brings people in to do improv and then I get to delve in to their life and their journey and it's a great thing so what's great from Jamie's point of view is he's recently joined LCI and there's loads of members of LCI that have been guests on the show and he's learning about the people of LCI by actually listening back to old episodes. So if you are new to the LCI community and you are listening to this, then do what Jamie's doing. Go back. Um, 
you don't have to listen to all the episodes. Maybe you've improvised with certain people. Just pick out their episodes, scroll back, see, oh yeah, I've improvised with that person. Let's find out a little bit about them. I love that this is here as a resource to connect people and help people learn about each other. So it was a great chat. Jamie seems like a genuinely really nice guy. I really love talking to him. That conversation about art was great because art is is a very subjective thing and it's great to speak to an artist and and hear the way he he was speaking about it i really enjoyed his take on things so thank you very much jamie hopefully i will be connecting with jamie somewhere down the line hopefully in the not too distant future uh, a future lci event maybe who knows but i will definitely be keeping an eye out for him on the lci circuit soon Now, if you're interested in getting into improv or already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene, then all the information you need can be found at www.liverpoolcomedyimprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv and on Twitter and Instagram, we are at livecomedyimprov. We have a Facebook page, so check that out. Just search for Liverpool Comedy Improvcast on Facebook and on there you will get uh, trailers on Thursdays before an episode comes out and then the episode link comes out every every other Monday for the time being so we're now doing shows every other week and I'm really enjoying this format of doing it every other week it gives a bit more time to digest things it takes pressure off me a little bit in terms of putting the show together it gives me uh, yeah gives me more energy to actually make the shows happen when I'm doing it so I'm definitely enjoying every other week. I think it's going to probably stay like this for the foreseeable future. As, but thank you for listening and supporting as always and sticking with it with the, the new format of every other week. I really appreciate all of you for listening. Now, if you are a member of the LCI community and you'd like to be a guest on the show, then please get in touch with me, with me or with Emma Bird and we'll make arrangements as soon as possible. And if you've got ideas for topics then that would be great too. Recently spoke with San George uh, about boundaries and improv. Now San had already been on the show a couple of times. The first time uh, finding out about her and, and then we'd been on to speak about another topic. But this time we spoke about boundaries and improv and the feedback we got was really good. And I'm really pleased we had that chat and I'm super excited about how positive the the feedback for that show was so maybe you've got an idea for an improv based topic that we could discuss get in touch with me or with emma and yeah we'll we'll make that happen now if you are listening on apple or spotify please don't forget to review the show give us a five star review uh, subscribe to the show share the show do whatever you can anything like that really helps to boost the show get our name out there if you want to check me out on social media you can find me on facebook twitter instagram and youtube just search for at ian luke jones and on youtube there's all sorts of videos for you um my main one at the moment my main series has been humorous moment where i've been putting out a humorous moment every wednesday for well for nearly 100 episodes and it's just a very short joke it'll take about 30 seconds of your life to watch it it's just a little something to get you over that midweek hump and that series is going to be coming to an end because i'm going to finish at joke 100 and so i I will have put 100 humorous moments out uh, very soon so um 
yeah, if you haven't heard any of them yet or seen any of them, go to my YouTube, find out what it's all about and find out what my other content's about while you're there. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thanks, as always, for listening. It's a pleasure for me to bring this show to you and I hope it's a pleasure for you to listen. But before we go, here are some words that are wise, wise, wise. Always remember, whatever the situation, to treat life like improv and yes and... <laughs>